This is part two of the message that we started last week. And we gave you two things that uh, we wanted you to uh, grasp out of the four. And one of those was that we need to know the will of God. We said we need to take about four things away from Resurrection Sunday. We need to take about four things. And the first one we went over last week was that we need to know the will of God for our lives. Generally and specifically. Both. Okay? We said that both were important. Number two, we said that you need to be faithful to that will. You need to be faithful. And God rewards faithfulness, doesn't he? In Proverbs 28, 20, it says that a faithful man will abound with blessings. God rewards faithfulness. In Psalm 31, 23, it says, Oh, love the Lord. All you his godly ones, the Lord preserves the faithful. These are things that God has said in his word. In Matthew 25, 21, it says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things enter into the joy of your master. God rewards faithfulness. In 1 Samuel 15, 29, it says, And also the glory of Israel, and in another version it said, The strength of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. God is faithful. In Proverbs 24, 10, it says, If you are slack, in the day of distress, your strength is limited. I don't want to be slack in the day of distress. I want to be strong in the day of distress. It says in Proverbs 25, 19, a bad tooth, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot, is a confidence in a faithless man in a time of trouble. In a time of trouble, I want to be counted on. You know, anybody can be counted on when everything is hunky-dory. And, you know, you can count on people when things are going their way, can't we? But when there's trouble, when there, is, when there are things that, that uh, a person doesn't like, there are things that I don't like, you can now tell whether I'm faithful by my perseverance through those things. So that's why we need to be faithful because any man can pro proclaim his loyalty of his faithfulness, but a faithful man who can find, Proverbs says in 2026. And see, in our, in our homes, what we want to do is be faithful. You know, it doesn't take much to be faithful to your marit marital partner when Everything is going well when they please you, you know. It doesn't take much to be faithful. You know? But when that person does not please you, when they are really not doing things that you know that's going to be to your benefit, then are you going to be faithful? 
And see, we face that all the time in, 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 in the domestic scene, don't we? All the time, you know? We have people who, uh, I had a, had a person who got married one year and they were divorced the next year. You, know? you have people who are married to unsaved people, you know, unsaved person. Are they going to be faithful during that time? Are they going to be faithful? Faithfulness is very important. And it does no good for us to talk about the word of God, but don't walk it out. We have to walk the word of God out in the tough times. That's what we have to do. You know? And so I tell uh, people that, that, that are married that if you will Submit yourself to God. Just be on fire for God. Be obedient to God. Your marriage will last through your lifetime. I tell both of them that. So when I, when I meet with people to do premarital counseling, uh, we're going to get to salvation. Because salvation, without salvation, there is no hope. No hope, you know. Sure, you you know you have people who were who were not saved, went to, you know died, uh, you know they were married sixty years, you know. Uh, but what good is it going to be with them in hell, you know? None, you know. If you not weren't, weren't glorifying God in your marriage, you can't glorify God if you're not saved. You know? These are very important things. This is where the rubber meets the road. And so, what are we going to take away from? Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. What are we going to take away from it? Are we going to just say that it was just another message, you know? No, I believe that we have to walk it out every day in your home. Because I know, just like you know, that in the four walls and the roof of people's home, you know there's, there is sometimes uh, strife. There's sometimes contention. There's sometimes disobedience to, to the God's word, you know? The husband doesn't want to love the wife like he's supposed to. The wife doesn't want to submit to her husband like she's supposed to do. All of it is because of the way they're being, being treated. You know? But we can't keep our eyes on each other. We've got to take our eyes off each other and put it on Jesus Christ because he said, I should love my wife just like Christ loved the church. And Christ loved us before we were saved. He, he loved us when we were enemies of his, you see. And he tells, tells my wife to be submissive to me for his sake. I don't deserve to be submitted to, you know, because I'm just a, a person who I have flaws, you see. All of us have flaws. And so if she tried to submit to me just because, oh, he's so nice, you know. Oh, yes, he, I, you know, it's such a joy to submit to him. No, she submits because of the word of God. That's the only thing, you know, whether I do what I'm supposed to do or whether I don't. This is where the rubble meets the road. Same thing on your jobs, isn't it? Same thing on your job. You don't do your job well just because the boss is, is in the room. You know? You do it as unto the Lord, not with eye service, as men pleases, the word says. But because you're faithful, you're faithful. Same thing in the church. It doesn't matter. When things go bad and when things not going the way you want to go, then uh, are you going to hang in there? Or are you going to uh, just 
You know, I said, well, you know, I think I'm out of here. God has called me somewhere else. You know? You're going to have plenty of opportunities when we get in a new building because you're going to see some things you don't like. I've seen plenty of things I don't like already. You know, can't do anything about them, you know. I really can't. The size of the building, I can't do anything about, you know. You know, a lot of things I can't do anything about. The contractor said, this is the way it is. Now, if you want to put up another $100,000, I can change that, you know. No, don't want to change that, brother. You keep it just the way it is, you know. You see? So it's going to be a lot of things. You'll say, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why is this way? Why is that that way? You know, hey, you know. It's just the way it is, you know. But see, we are the church, aren't we? And so we, we're going to go into the new building and say, well, praise God, it's, we're dedicating this thing to you, Lord, and this is a place where the church is meeting. That's all it is, a place the church is meeting, you know. And it's not going to last. It's going to go away just like everything else. The only thing going to be here is, is it's going to last is the word of God, you know. Number one, I said, was what? You must know the will of God for your life, specifically and generally. Number two, you must be what? Faithful to what God has called you to do. And you can li listen to the tape, uh, you know, download it or whatever you want to do with it, or you can ask, uh, ask you for a CD, and he'll bring you one, and you can listen to the message. Number three. We must go to the cross daily. Resurrection, there will have been no resurrection without the cross. Do you understand? No resurrection without the cross. Jesus went to the cross. Therefore, he fulfilled God's will. He was, rose again. This was already stated before he even went. We must go to the cross also. And when we, we've heard many messages on, on, you know, dying to self and things of that nature, uh, but we're talking about, uh, which we're talking about also, but we're also talking about we must, we must be willing to go to the cross daily. Next week we're going to tell you, we're going to show you how, give you some examples and those things like that, but um, along with the fourth thing. But it's very important, very important that I go to the cross. And it's, a, it's one of those things that uh, my mentor, uh, he says all the time. Uh, he says, uh, in our devotional time, Nan and I, uh, we, we go to the cross. Yeah. And I so, said, well, what do you mean you go to the cross, you know? What do you mean, you know? And we'll share more about that a little later. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. From the NIV, it says that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's what it said. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now the message is like the 
uh, or the word of the cross is, is an emphatic word. It's emphasis on that word. It's the logos. Uh, that word we call message or we can call it preaching. In some versions, it's the preaching of the word, the preaching of the cross. It doesn't matter what you say it is, but it's that, it's that which God has proclaimed, that word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Now, going to the cross, we all know about Easter. We all seen the, the, the passion of Christ, you know, uh, Mel Gibson, things like that. We, 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 we know about what has happened when Christ went to the cross. It was not an easy thing. If there's any other way that it could have been done, Jesus said, hey, I want to do it another way. But not, you know, but if, if I don't want my will. I want your will to be done, Father. We have to be willing to go to the cross, too. You know that the Romans, they, uh, uh, if you're a Roman citizen, you, you, didn't, you wouldn't get crucified. They didn't crucify any Roman citizen. Yeah. Only their enemies. That's what they thought about crucifixion. So it was a horrible death that you can, you can go like torture, you know. The message of the cross is foolishness. Foolishness is like ridiculous. That's insanity. I mean, it's, it's crazy to someone who's perishing. You know? But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. The power of God. When I say the power of God, the dunamis of God, it's the, it's the enabling of God through our lives. God manifests himself through our life to achieve, to accomplish that end which he's birthed us for, for eternal life. The power of God. If you want to see the power of God more in your life, we need to go to the cross more in our lives. Okay? Sometimes we want the power without the sacrifice. And it's not going to be one. I'll share with you sometime as a, a little book I'm reading called Cavern Road. I'm reading for the second time. Um, I mean, it's awesome. It's an awesome book. You know? It tells us about revival. You know? uh, there's, there's, there's revival that the Holy Spirit does. with the, it, it doesn't depend upon us at all. He just, the Holy Spirit just does it. I mean, he just cleanses, he purifies, he just does it, you know, to a group of people. You know, he just does it. And we have those revivals happening different places, different times. What are we going to do until that revival comes? It might not be during our lifetime, but it might be. We want, we're praying for revival. So it shows how to have revival. That's what the book is about. Showing you how to have revival. In your own home, in your church, in your city. It's a, it's a marvelous book. Uh, it cost me $4 or something back then. But I think it cost 5 something now, you know. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's nice. It was, it was, it was written in 1950. Yeah. And then I, I like, uh, most of y'all are living back then. But, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it was a, um, you know, when they write something back then, I mean, they're serious about the Lord, you know. Serious about the Lord. And we need to be serious about the Lord, too. Okay. 1 Corinthians 1, 4. Let's look there. The cross. The cross. Why the cross so, is so important 
to the resurrection. Why should we be doing, uh, thinking about the cross 365 days out of the year? Why should we? Why should we? Well, it says, I thank God, starting verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you in Christ Jesus. That in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech, and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by uh, Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I'm of Paul, and I am of Paulus, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Christ has not been divided, has he? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Answer those no. Now, why the cross? What did the cross do to this? He was trying to tell them, you are born again. You are unified with Christ. Anybody that's born of Christ, you're one spirit with him. You see, you're one spirit with God. So we are one. There should be no division. And that's what uh, James tells us, isn't it? That we shouldn't, uh, in chapter 4, around verse 13, it tells us that we shouldn't be, uh, you know, talking about each other. You know, we shouldn't be judging each other. You see? God wants us to live together in unity. The cross unifies the body of Christ. You can't be in unity in God without the cross. And we have to go to the cross daily to stay in unity. You're going to have to go to the cross daily to stay in unity with your mate. Those of you who are not married, believe me when I tell you this. Okay? Read my lips, I'm telling you, you know. You're going to have to die to self. You're going to have to go to the cross. You're going to have to go to the cross. You're going to have to pick up your cross daily. 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 He said, well, well do I have to get a, a, a cross beam, you know? Do I have, to, I have to do all this, you know? No. No. What was, what, what was God's, what was Christ's, what was his cross? It wasn't the beam that he, that he had, you know? It wasn't that. It wasn't just him uh, up on the, on the, on the, on the uh, nail to the uh, tree to the cross there. It wasn't that. His cross was to do the will of the Father. In spite of all the opposition, in spite of the humility, in spite of the pain, that you know, the, the, the being separated from the Father, which has never been done before. This is, this is the cross, his cross. What's yours? What's yours? What's mine? It's doing the will of the Father. The will of the Father is written 
in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the will of God, the general will for us is here. The specific will will come as you're obedient to the general will. The specific will is going to come. And if you don't fulfill your will that God has for your life, when we stand before him and, and he asks us, what did you do with the purpose and the will I gave you? You say, well, I knew you had a will for my life, you know, uh, but I, did, I knew the general will, but I, did, I didn't know the specific will. Well, did you, know the, did you do the general will? No, because I didn't do the, I, I, I needed the specific will, you know. See, we want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Coming to everlasting joy. That's what we want him to say. We don't want to be like the, 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 you know, the, the, the servant who hid his talent, you know, his money. We don't want to be like that and, and gave the master nothing. No, we want, to, we want to fulfill his purpose. I do not want to die without fulfilling God's purpose for my life. That'll be a, 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 a that'll be a terrible thing to do. Terrible thing. I don't want to do that. So my cross is: Can I fulfill the will of God in spite of the opposition, in spite of the temptations, in spite of the, all the things? Can I can I walk this word of God out? You know? Can I? I get in James chapter four, verse thirteen. I think, it's, I think it's verse 13. Yep. Nope, it's not 13. 11. Forgive me, I was wrong. Verse 11. Do not speak against one another, brethren. Can I do that? Because is that the will of God? Is that the will of God for all of our lives? Yes, it's a general will for all of our lives. Can I do that? When the pressure comes against me, when someone does something to me that I don't like, can I keep my lips zipped? Can I? Can you? We say we want to learn and do James. I want to learn and do the will of God. That's the will of God. That's where the pressure, that, isn't that where the rubber meets the road? That's the pressure. That's the pressure. It says, what, what uh, Sarah said, you who speak against a brother or judges his brother, speaks against the law and judges the law, but if you're a judge of the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There's only one law given judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? That's what it's saying. You see? So, that's the cross. That's my cross. That's your cross. Generally. And God has some specific things as a cross for you. Because I don't know your situation. You know, all of your situation. I know some of it, but I don't know all of your situation or what happens in the four walls. I know that you're going through some things that you're going to have to pick up that cross daily and follow him. Everything is not hunky-dory in your household with your children, with your mate, with your in-laws, with your relatives. It's not hunky-dory. So can you pick up your cross and obey the word of God even though? That's the cross. 
That's a cross. You see? Anybody can do what everybody else does, what society does. You know, we don't want to be like society. We came out of society. You know, we want to do the will of God. We don't want somebody saying about us that you know, well, they are Christian, but you know, <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't walk to talk. You know, they just talk it. They don't walk it. Yeah. I want somebody to say. I don't know whether he's a Christian or not, but I know one thing, that he sure enough walks just like I, uh, I hear about Jesus walking. See, you don't have to talk a good game. You just got to walk it. You know, that's all. The cross. That's what Resurrection Sunday was all about. The cross. Pick up your cross daily and follow him. Galatians 6.14 It says that, but may it never be that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. My goodness gracious. Did he know something that we don't know? What's wrong with this man? You know? Who, who wrote it? Who wrote Galatians? Okay, Paul, what's wrong with him? Is he, is he a fanatic? Is, what, what's wrong with him? Does he need to just get a life? What's wrong with him? You know, what do you think? He's serious about the will of God, isn't he? Fulfilling it. Because God gave him a, 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 a will that he had to fulfill. I'm going to show him the many things he had to suffer for me, Jesus was telling him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Did he suffer? Absolutely. Absolutely, he did. Did he fulfill the will of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Philippians 3, 17 through 20. Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. How are they going to be enemies of the cross of Christ? It's that whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly, Wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be an enemy to the cross. I want to carry my cross daily. I want you to carry your cross daily. If we are enemies to the cross, we're going to be fulfilling our selfish desires, what I feel like doing, you know? I don't like that. I like this. If you would do this, then I would do this. If you love me, I'll submit to you. And the husband said, well, if you submit to me, I love you. None of that's in the Bible. Neither one of them. You know? I'm called to love whenever, regardless. I don't care what she does. My eyes not on her. It's on Christ. Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? This is where the rubber meets the road now. You see? 
Because you can, you can listen to a message and, and then go home and keep doing the same thing. Jesus is going to come at some point in time. We don't know when he's coming, but he's going to come. You know? And we definitely want to be ready. We don't want to be like uh, five of those versions, do we? Didn't have enough oil. We weren't ready. You know? I want to be ready. How about you? We want to be ready. Well, we need to carry our cross daily. 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 I don't want to be friends with the world and be enemies with God, as it says. Luke chapter 9, verse 22 and 23 is saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. To deny somebody is, is uh, you know, you, you, can, you can deny people in many ways. Uh, one way they can ask you to do something, you just deny their petition, you know, their request. You can deny them by not having anything to do with them, you know. Not having anything whatsoever to do with them. You know? How do you deny yourself? Our flesh, our flesh has desires. These mine have desires. I don't know about yours. Your, your, your flesh might be holy and sanctified and, you know, obedient to you, and your flesh does nothing. It's dead, you know. Mine is still kicking for some reason, you know. And so... Uh, I have to pick up my cross daily and try to put this thing to death. I, can, I have to try to mortify the deeds of the flesh, as the scripture says. So I have to deny this, this, these flesh, these flesh, flesh desires. I have to deny. And I have to follow him. To follow him is, is a continuous thing. It's like in the present imperative. It, keep, it keeps going. It's a repeated action. Every day, every day, you are keeping the commands of the Lord every single day. That's following him because he did the same thing. Luke 14, verse 26 and 27. It says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brothers and his sisters and, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And <laughs> whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now that word hate just means basically to love less. In other words, it's talking about priorities. That's what it's talking about, priorities. Your priority must be Jesus Christ. That's the number one. Him and him alone. Number one. Everything else comes second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, on down the line, which I've given to you before. We're talking about today about he has to be the priority. Your mother can't be the priority. Your daddy can't be the priority. Your children can't be the priority. You know, your sister can't be the priority. No one can be the priority. Not even your own life can be their priority. It's got to be Jesus and him alone is your priority. 
And you say, well, that, that's kind of hard, you know. It's kind of hard to do, you know. We'll talk about that next week, you know, how, how to do it. Because you do want to, want to know how to do it. You know, some real-life situations. Yeah. That's a serious thing. Because I know that, uh, that with a, a mother, sometimes the children come before the husband. That shouldn't be. That's out of priority, too. And, and then they don't, they don't have a relationship with God either. They don't have time. When they get up, the children up. When they go to bed, they're tired. So they go to sleep. So it's no time for God. He's saying that, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You got to love less. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, your own life. That's a hard word, isn't it? That's a hard word. But your husband didn't die for you. Your wife didn't die for you. Your mother didn't die for you. Because even if she would die, you know mothers will die for, for the children. They can't save your soul. Only one can save your soul. Jesus Christ. Only one. So therefore, he has to take priority. So whatever Jesus says goes. People ask me all the time, well, 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 you know, suppose my husband tells me this, and he tells me don't read my Bible, he tells me don't go to church, he tells me, you know, I can't, you know, uh, uh, worship, I can't pray. If I'm going to be submissive, shouldn't I do that? Shouldn't I obey him? No. N-O, no, you know. If he wants to dwell with you, fine, but you're going to serve the Lord. He knows you'll say, that's in Scripture now, that's in Scripture, okay? If he, wants to, if he wants to leave, let him leave. That's what the Scripture says. You don't know whether you're going to save him or not. He said, well, he already saved. Oh, you'll see. Oh, you'll see, you know. He might have got him wet, you know. Got baptized, I don't know. Matthew 10, 37-39. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life shall lose it. And he who has lost his life for my sake finds it. In, in all these verses, they say some of the same things, but they say something different each time. Now, I like the one where it says that uh, he who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. That's going to the cross. That's going to the cross. I want all of us to lose our life for the sake of Christ. We have no life. You know? When somebody says, get a life, no, I don't want a life. You know? I don't want a life. You know? I want to lose this life I have for the sake of Christ. The word of God is good, isn't it? It's hard, but it's good, you know? It's good. <laughs> you know, when Jesus gave a parable uh, before one of those verses, three major reasons why people don't prioritize him and commit themselves to him. Uh, a lot of times it's the love of family, love of self, and love of the things of the world. You know? Sometimes we love sleep. That's love itself, you know. We can't get into bed. We can't get up, you know. 
we go to bed when we, when, I, when we have to go to bed. We get up when we have to get up to go to work. We got to prioritize God, don't we? You can't fulfill the, the number two goal that we gave it for the year is to have a, a, a constant devotional life using the seven priorities as a guide. How are you going to have a priority life if you're, if you're sleeping, you know? And you can't get up. And when, you, when, the, when night comes, you're too sleepy to concentrate. You get the Bible out and you fall asleep, you know? Come on. It's quiet in here. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. So I know what I'm talking about. So in order to make this flesh act right, uh, I heard in a message, I think, of, I don't know what it was, uh, Charles Kapp, somebody. <laughs> he said, he said, you know, might have been Kenny Cope. He said, he said, look, this is what I want you to do. He said, you, you, you go to sleep every time you get ready to pray, don't you? Yes, I do. Man, I, I mean, I get in this comfortable position. I'm, I'm really serious about praying. And I, I, I find myself waking up, you know. Uh, that probably doesn't happen to you, you know. And, and, and then you start reading, and you have to read the same verse over and over and over again because you fall asleep, you know. He says, stand up on the edge of the bathtub and now pray and read. I bet you that flesh won't go to sleep, you know. <laughs> right. And I said, huh, that's good. That's good. The, the, the flesh, I guarantee that flesh won't go to sleep. Try That flesh is not going to go to sleep. I don't care how tired you are, that flesh will not go to sleep. The flesh cares about itself, you know? <laughs> you know? So we have to find out whatever we have to do. We have to do what we got to do, you know? Whatever it takes to obey God, don't we? Okay? So, you know, um, I've tried all those things. I really have, you know. And I've been to a corporate prayer and fell asleep, you know. Uh, I'm serious, you know. So, you know, if you take walking around, walk around. I've fell asleep in, in service before, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, you just had to stand up, you know. Stand up at the back of the church, you know, stand up. It's okay, you know. We won't say, hey, why don't you sit down? You know, we don't say that. We just say, Oh, you know, we just keep on going. Ignore it, you know. Because yeah. your flesh is weak. Your spirit is willing, your flesh is weak. Yeah. That's what we're talking about taking away from Resurrection Sunday now. Okay? Number one is what? Know the will of God for your life, specifically and general. Knowing that you know you're not going to get a specific will of God if you violate the general will of God. Number two, be faithful to that will of God. Okay? Number three, go to the cross daily, daily, okay? And we'll talk about how we can do that. We'll probably have some testimonies next week, and we'll also uh, try to go to number four, and that's where we're going. I really appreciate, and the elders appreciate all you're doing. We've, we've uh, gotten most of that building done painting-wise in record time, record time, you know? And so praise God for the people, you all, we're doing, doing a great deal of work, you know. We appreciate that. Last time we were over Old Forest Road, it took us a long time. But it's not taking us a long time this time. That's really good. And we're going to be calling on you for other things because we still have to plant shrubbery and stuff like that. We still have to move things from the storage into the church and clean it up and stuff like that and unpack it. So we had to do those things. So whenever somebody calls for your help, 
then if you're willing, help. If you're not willing, don't help, you know, because that's what Jesus said when he told them, that, you know, to, to, to uh, build a temple, those who have a willing heart, you know, okay? And we're not going to put pressure on you because it's going to get done anyway, okay? Let's stand. The prayer team could go ahead and come on up um, for prayer for anybody today that wishes to receive that. Please take advantage of that opportunity. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. If you were a visitor with us today, please feel free to hug on Pastor Taylor and his wife Minerva in the whole lobby. They'd love to get to know you as well and enjoy your week. God bless you and thank you for joining us today.